you know, we think that we have to have it all together before we take the step. And mm-hmm. that prevents us from taking the step. Nobody has it all together. So if you have a creative idea, you're downloading information from the cosmos or whatever you like to call it. You have a, an epiphany or an aha or an instinct. You need to keep moving in the direction of, of what that is and not worry about how it comes together. Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Olivier D. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast bringing a down-to-earth approach to personal growth. On this show, we're helping individuals just like you learn about tapping into their incredible potential through insightful interviews and inspiring lessons. Our mission is to encourage you to always keep pushing towards achieving your dreams and to stay awesome along the way. When I was in my teens, I got the opportunity to be part of a theater class. The director at the time was short one male role, so I had the chance to be exposed to the art of the stage for the very first time. It was actually a very defining moment for me as I realized I genuinely had a talent for it. But then, life happened. Coming from a traditional background where academics are the priority above all else, including creative endeavors, added to the fact that my grades were in the dumps, my parents had to draw a line in the sand and I had to close the curtains on the whole experience. Fast forward a few years and many life experiences later, and I still hold a sincere respect for the art of acting where one can draw from his or her emotions, experiences, trauma, joy, victories, failures, and eventually portray a fleshed out character or persona, this not only takes, in my opinion, quite a bit of expertise, but most importantly, a tremendous amount of courage. I've learned that in many ways, we as human beings are deathly afraid of discomfort. Anything that steps outside of that familiarity of our comfort zone is a lifeline we often tend to hold on to, sometimes against our own best interest. As my next guest has allowed me to see through his resounding body of work, the thrill of being a creative, whether through acting, painting, or otherwise, is that the unknown is an essential part of the journey, and we get the opportunity to shape it however we desire. A message of accountability and audacity that totally resonates with our mission here on the podcast. Anthony Mindel is an award-winning director, writer, actor, and acting coach. Among his numerous achievements and accolades, Anthony wrote and directed Where We Go From Here, which premiered at Outfest in 2019 at the famous Grauman's Chinese Theater in Hollywood. It won Best Screenplay at Q Films Long Beach and the Jury Award at NYC's East Village Queer Film Festival and was acquired by Hulu. He is the founder and artistic director of the Anthony Mindel's Actors Workshop, which he bravely started some 26 years ago in his apartment with six students and a desire to help actors understand a more modern and simpler approach to the work. He has been a passionate advocate in helping actors everywhere understand their worth and advocate for themselves and their own creativity. He has broken myths around the business and what often holds actors back. His mission has always been to help marginalized people and artists of color and trans, non-binary, and queer identifying actors who often have had little access to training and opportunities in the business. He now has the largest scene study studio in Los Angeles and locations in 10 other cities around the world, including New York, London, Vancouver, Sydney, Chicago, Copenhagen, Cape Town, and Atlanta. He is the author of five books, the best-selling creativity book, At Left Brain Turn Right, the self-improvement book, Alphabet Soup for Grownups, The Acting Guide, Book the Fucking Job, His Memoir, You Knew When You Were Two, and the latest, Unstuck, a very 
thought-provoking creativity manual. On this energetic episode, Anthony shares his perspective on the audacity to be yourself, silencing your inner critic, taking that huge leap into the unknown, finding your voice, and how the journey is the destination. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 196 with Anthony Mindel. Here we go. For anyone listening to this, um, like I tell people, you never know the type of connections you're going to make into the universe, and which is why you're always one decision or one choice or one opportunity to just like reach out and ask a person randomly into the universe. And that's why, you know, I believe in human connections. I believe in connecting with people. I believe in connecting with perfect strangers, which is why I built this entire podcast around the premise of if I met with this person, whether in a bookstore or on the bus, or like if I had 30 minutes of like stuck in the subway and I had the courage to say, hi, what do you do? It's like, it's, it's as simple and human as I try to keep it. And Tony is one of those people I want to celebrate because I have been binging on your content and your little workshops and snippets and postings and interviews and stuff. I don't usually do that. But when you and I connected over Lunch Club, you know, I know and resonate with genuine energy. So ever since we disconnect, I'm like, I'm going to have this guy on. And I've been so jazzed. And I want to say thank you, first of all, to be for being such a genuinely sincere person because through all that you've done you could have the big ego you could have the big head you know being such an accomplished you know acting coach and filmmaker and director and writer of five books i'm so jealous and aside from that you boil it down to just being human because the way you talk to your students the way you come across as so jazzed about life and just wanting to bring this sense of service and this sense of truth to whether it's one person or 10,000. Tony, you really need to be celebrated for that because it's a great work that you're doing. And you keep reminding us that authenticity is key and that's the only thing we can bring and that's the only thing we can leave. So with that, and for all that you do and all that you share, such a pleasure to to see you again, man. Uh, You look dashing, as I'm saying, but it's ah, it's going to be such a great interview. But welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank welcome. you. I feel like I should get my my prop here after that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I took this out. Of, it's just like a I don't even know a plastic cigarette, but it looks like it's lit. Love so it. Love I'm going to be talking, and no, no, I do not advocate smoking. It kills. Love it. It's terrible. Love it. Love it. Uh, it's a fake cigarette. Um, thank you for that. I mean, yeah, I can't really add anything else. I mean. I mean, I'm sure we're going to do a dive into the book and, oh, we are. you know, we, we are. share a lot of similar philosophies. And just before you started recording, you were saying how you're uh, stepping into something new in your own life. And I was just saying like, yeah, you don't, we don't move forward by standing still. Right. So you got to take the risk of moving in a different direction. Sometimes it can be very painful and scary and weird because it's unknown, but I'm always telling people unknown doesn't mean unsafe. It just means unfamiliar. So it's just changing the awareness around, you know, why is something so foreign to us so scary? It's amazing. And, it's amazing. Well, I think it's because, right, we we crave stability and safety and our bodies are set for homeostasis. Mm-hmm. When things happen that whether at a very minute personal level, like we're, we know we have to do something different or when something catastrophic happens, whether it's a climate event or like with what happened with COVID and our lives are turned upside down, it's a great reminder of, oh shit, can I cuss on here? Yes, like sir. there is no certainty. It's only uncertainty. You know, uncertainty abides within our spirit, but it's very difficult you know, as I get older, I'm always 
having to remember like the things that we've worked hard to get, like, you know, if you have a house or, you know, a bank account, mm-hmm. it can be its own prison, right? Because then everything is a trap in a way in life. But the if you are aware of that, then you can avoid the traps. The comfort zone is a dangerous place to be. It's um, very, yes, I've stability. Learned I've learned that. And I'm not sure where I read that. It's one of, uh, probably a science book talking about, you know, um, how we as human beings, for some reason, are definite and notorious creatures of habit. And I believe the writer put it as such, in the presence of chaos, the brain strives to create order. So the second the brain senses discomfort, like, don't do this, like, don't do this, like, you know, create order. So it will prevent you from taking the leap. It will prevent you from just taking that race. It will prevent you from trying that new experience because this is foreign. This is this is weird. I don't want to be here. But I believe in a lot of these conversations that I've had, just every single time I hit record on this podcast is just another reminder that, you know what, take the leap. You don't know what's going to come out of it. Take the leap. But I'm getting ahead of myself. You know why? Because I've been reading this thing and I want people to hear this. Um, I don't know. Just, this, this is a setup. This is a setup. But I'm okay. low key pissed off at you. Uh-oh. Low okay. key. I'm low key pissed off at you because I really wish that A, that we had met maybe 10 years earlier and that you written this book 10 years <laughs> earlier. Because. This is a type of personal growth book I love. And for those who don't know, because it's probably going to be in the intro post, post-production, post but yeah, this is Tony's latest book out of five, uh, yes, five, uh, called Unstuck, a uh, tagline, life manual on how to be more creative, overcome obstacles, and get shit done. And, um, and when I'm saying I'm low-key pissed off at you is because I could have used this in a past life as a 20-year-old. Had no no idea what the fuck I was going to do in my life. Um, I basically dropped out of college uh, because I was in that whirlwind of uh, high expectation parents who wanted me to do other things with my career and just be wandering in Montreal trying to figure shit out. You know, uh, thousands of dollars in school debt and figuring again myself out. And books like this, because I have read the Tony Robbins of the world, I have read, you know, the Zig Ziglar's and stuff, but some, let's admit it, personal growth, sometimes some books, some references, even the staples are dense. And sometimes we need something to bring us back down to earth. And what I love about this book is that it really feels like a journal. As I, if I was sitting next to you and I'm like, okay, you'd be taking notes and like, huh, thought down on a page thought like even the even the 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 chapter names and just just i don't even call them chapters it's like okay idea perspective lesson this is what takeaway reminder 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 and a lot of these hit home like so hard and i'm like if oliver had had this like 10 years ago probably it would have been a less less scary Maybe I would just like be less feeling like less of a whirlwind because sometimes life does feel like that. Like you're running around if you're in the spin cycle of a washing machine. And this is the book that I know it's probably aimed at actors and creators, but I encourage a lot of people. This is not a sales plug, but I really encourage a lot of people to get it because it relates to so many life experiences. And I've taken so many notes. You have no idea, but just to launch it off, because you're really big on that. You're really big on uh, something that a lot of our listeners deal with, because we're talking about taking the leap. We're talking about the comfort zone. But sometimes what often sets us back is the fact that we are so worried 
of the other and what other people are going to think. What's my wife going to think? What are my parents going to think? What are my friends going to think? What are my colleagues going to think? And you call bullshit on that because you believe that we are in our own way. And I was curious well, about that. Yeah, but also we believe that other people are thinking about us. <laughs> That's the great, I think, uh, setting us free reminder. Nobody's thinking about you. I know it's really hard to believe that because we're living in such a world where we're all trying to be relevant all the time, right? Through our social media posts or Twitter or whatever, right? It's like constantly be heard above the fray, but nobody, nobody's tracking us. If they do, they're tracking us for like five seconds and then where's dinner? You know, it's just not, it, it, it's not designed that way. I always am telling creatives that I work with on a daily basis, who do you most think about? yourself. And so we're always thinking about things and our circumstances and our situation through the prism of ourselves. Now, that doesn't mean you have kids. It doesn't mean that we don't care about our kids or our partners or, you know, our loved ones, but it, it is also filtered through our needs, uh, maybe our needs for them or our needs taking care of them, but it's still through the self. And so I think that's a really great reminder when we get overwhelmed with if I do this, it's going to upset this person. Or if I say that it's going to be too provocative or whatever. I think that that is just yet another excuse to keep us from creating. Right. Is, is and that- I was just going to say, Ali too, like, you know, when I first wrote like the earlier drafts of the book, because I I'm known for working with actors and teaching okay. actors and directing. And so a lot of my books, some of my books are more actor driven, but my publisher, when she, or my, the editor, when she started working with me, she said, Oh, Tony, I think this is, she's like, I'm learning a lot. This is for all creatives. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, really expanded it beyond just, uh, just for actors. It's for stay at home moms. It's for, you know, construction workers. It's for anybody who has, you know, a desire to be more expressed, however that looks. And sometimes we don't know what that looks like because like you said earlier, so profoundly, like we're scared to move in the direction of what that thing could be. And I think sometimes we think that we have to have, I'm going off on tangents, but I think it's all No, related. no, no, no. It's just amazing. You know, we think that we have to have it all together before we take the step and mm-hmm. that prevents us from taking the step. Nobody has it all together. So if you have a creative idea, you're downloading information from the cosmos or whatever you like to call it, you have a, an epiphany or an aha or an instinct, you need to keep moving in the direction of, of what that is and not worry about how it comes together. You know, the hows become the wows. <laughs> You're not that special. You're not that special. You're not that special. I think it's, I talked uh, about that in the book. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. Uh, exceptionalism. 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 Well, yeah. that's a, just a snow job. That was it, 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 at the base level. It's just a way. And I'm not saying that people's talents aren't extraordinary. Your talents are great. My talent, and this isn't egoic. Like everybody has beautiful gifts and skills, but that doesn't a make us better than somebody else, and also the capitalism has capitalized on that to monetize it. So it is, it is added this um, incorrect definition that our value is based in how we produce. And that's, that's a fallacy because what happens if you injure yourself and you can no longer, I don't know, play basketball or Mm -hmm. swing a golf club, then does that mean you no longer have value? Well, in the eyes of capitalism, yes. And then also a lot of times if you've, you know, with professional athletes, they've won the gold medal. And then they're like, wait, what? My life like just turns to shit. Yeah. 
right? Because so much of it is based on when I. So I think <clears throat> I think this idea of exceptionalism is, you know, that's the ex- that should be the exception to the rule because it's not a real thing. The, you mentioned a lot that because um, this this interview can go so many ways, but I want to keep it grounded. You mentioned in a lot of your commentary and a lot of your writings that. Um, we are aware of everything as human beings. You said it yourself that you believe that we are aware of everything. So in that sense, I'm really asking because you deal with actors and a lot I've done. I haven't done a lot of acting. I did a lot of um, a theater work uh, in college and when I was, was a young student. And what I remember when our coaches tell us is that you need to tap into every single emotion that's around you. But for that, you need to know who you are. It's easy you know, when you're a kid and you have, you can delve into the imagination, but when you're dealing with a bunch of adults, right, because you believe in yourself that, you know, as I think you said it yourself that as adults, we are hindered or uh, obsolete children. That's what you said. Where in the world can we get back the blueprint of who we are, Tony? Because that's a lot to deal with finding yeah. who you are. Yeah. Well, you said it again yourself. Like, it's just no, you know, my whole philosophy is we're never, it's not about blaming people. We're not here to blame our parents or our teachers or, you know, the bullies under the playground. Like I do think like what happens to us is also happening for us. Right. And mm-hmm. what's in the way, like the book talks about what's in the way is also the way. So all these things, it's so structured that the very breakthrough that we're seeking is in the kind of breakdown or the, the, the stuff that we're working through that seems to be holding us back is the actual thing we need to break through. But I guess for me, the big thing, and I find this even for myself now more challenging in the last few years, even though I've been meditating for like 25 years. And so I feel like I do have a strong connection to, you know, just for myself, something else, but because we're so blasted with so much information all the time, it's not even information. It's just noise. Mm -hmm. It's just distraction. It's not, you know, the truth is, is like the information that we really need to get, we're going to get, we're going to find out, right? But but the other stuff is just because we're so caught in the hamster wheel of like needing the uh, the serotonin buzz and the, the dings and the likes and the like the constant like whatever sensation that comes with looking and digesting information. It's really, I think, training us out of finding ourselves. And that is a really scary component, I think, of living in this time because, and listen, tech companies, the honest people who have worked at those tech companies talk about that that is part of the the evil code that has been embedded in that technology. They are designed to keep us addicted to the phone. Cool phone case though, isn't it? Love it. (laughs) I was just in Safari in Africa, but, but, but the point is, is if you are addicted to the bells and the whistles and the dings and the likes and the reshares and the retweets, then you don't have to, they want you to be on there 24 seven. And if I'm being distracted 24 seven, how can I find a blueprint for a path or a calling or a poem or a song or a career change that's, Mm. that's talking to me inside, but I can't even hear it. I can't hear it. It's buried under the noise. It is. Yeah, it's not. mm -hmm. You mentioned 25 years of meditation. So you have been someone who has been closely in tune with your inner, with your, with yourself, capital S, with yourself, with your environment, with how you interact with the world. That has to come from a very intimate place. So 
where where did that come from? Where does where does this genuine sense of uh, of personal truth and where does that energy emanate from? Is there a genesis story behind there? I mean, the the short story is you know I've just always been a seeker, I guess, and I've always am trying to figure out maybe as an artist. Who am I? Why am I? What does this all mean? Why am I here at this juncture, you know, here today in 2023? Why wasn't I born, you know, a millennia ago or whatever? And so I've, I feel like I've been seeking ever since I was a little kid and and was really drawn to spiritual teachers and like uh, philosophies that I discovered are all universal. Like the messenger is different, but they're, mm-hmm. the message is the same. And, and then when I first started, you know, working on my, the work for my schools, I went to India, I've been to India three times. And, you know, I think that was really a catalyst for me going on an inner transformation on an inner journey. And that's what it really is about. Right. And that's difficult because the inner journey, nobody else is on your inner journey. Mm -hmm. Nobody else is on that path. It's the path not taken. And it is so much easier to be, again, distracted. And myself, I suffer from this being called away from the thing that is more, it's scary to be on your own. It's, and when I mean on your own, sometimes literally, but I mean it allegorically, right? Like creating the thing that you want to see in the world that doesn't exist, or maybe it has already exist, but it wants to exist in a different way because you want to create it. But, but it's hard to do that because again, we live in a society that is all about, well, everybody is dressing the same and looking the same and doing the same stuff. Mm. So I want to be over here. You know, Ali, I actually think it's also, I was helping a girlfriend of mine. She just got dumped by some guy. And when I, I mean, the, the funny story about it is she was really, you know, broken up about it. But when she, when I said, okay, well, first thing, tell me five things about him that you did, you don't like. And I thought she was just going to say, uh, he like, you know, he doesn't shower a lot or just, you know, like kind of like superficial. Well, that would be bad, but like, you know what I mean? But instead she's like, oh yeah, he's like, you know, he cheats. He has a drug problem. Um, and I'm not shaming any of these things, but mm-hmm. when she gave the whole list of like, some, I was like, holy hell. Like, I mean, this wow. is like a reason to get out. But the, but the point I was telling her is the real reason why we, we feel that heartache when we get broken up with is at I think at a level in our DNA, it harkens back to our ancient grand great 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 grandfathers and mothers. It was all tribe, and you only survived in the tribe. And if you got thrown out of the tribe, you would not survive. You'd be eaten by a saber toothed tiger, mm-hmm. right? So when we get broken up with, and I think this is analogous to what we were talking about, we we it it feels like we're being rejected by the tribe, by society, by social construct at a very, that's at a, I think happening at a, at a deep level. So yes, there's the love part and there's the romance and the lust part and the personal part. But I also think what we often forget is like, Oh, the rejection is tapping into, Whoa, the part of me that remembers what was that like? I didn't survive. And so it kind of creates a fight or flight or freeze response. And I do think that that is analogous to what we were just saying about, to, to, to do your own, to walk your own path sometimes does feel like a rejection being thrown out of the tribe because the tribe that dictates life nowadays, I mean, that's chaos, (laughs) but we still yearn for it. We still want to be accepted and loved and revered for the work we're doing. 
That's pretty deep, but I mean, I think that that's really, I I think those are the challenges, right? That is amazing. And you know what? It's so, it's so powerful. You said that, and I'm just listening to you talk about how, you know, we got to get, we've got to get comfortable with walking our own path. And you're talking about actors, you're talking about creatives, you're talking about people, you know, doing their nine to five. And for some reason, and I'm going to share a personal story, I'm thinking about my nine-year-old daughter who's unfortunately hasn't had a fun year, you know, Uh, in, mm -hmm. uh, in school, because this year has been a little bit tough for her, especially, you know, making friends and being social, you know, because she's ADHD, she's on the spectrum, Uh, because we just got her diagnosed, and she's uber creative, she's uber creative, she's always got all these bunch of ideas, and you've dealt, you've, you've probably dealt with a lot of people in that sense, but the thing is, for her, what's going on is the fact that I've had to teach her, because I've dealt with this a lot, that it's okay if some people don't accept you for who you are and you got to be okay just being, what do you think of you? And are you okay being with you? And she had a very personal moment. She said, but daddy, I'm, I'm afraid of being alone. I don't like being alone on the schoolyard. I don't, I, I don't like it. And she feels rejected. And I'm like, I'm trying to teach her, like, it's not about being rejected. It's about getting comfortable being who you are. And once you fully express the greatness that I, daddy sees in you, that is when people are going to radiate towards you. Because I, I genuinely believe this. Your tribe will find you. Because I've been bullied. I've been rejected. Mm-hmm. I've been beat up on the schoolyard. I've done with. But I'm 41. She's nine. She doesn't. She and I do not have the same vantage point. So it's going to take some time for her to get comfortable with this. And what I was trying to say this, but paralleling this, because there are adults who still feel like this. They oh, surround yeah. themselves with a crowd of people. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. so they do not have to look inward and spend time with themselves. Yeah, I'm not sure if you deal with that, whether in in uh, in your workshops or you know just oh, coaching yeah. actors, just trying to like, get out of your shell and understand that you know what you need to take the leap into your own self and understand that it's okay. Okay. It's okay to be scared. You wrote this down. Being scared and admitting that you're scared is also part of the construct. Oh, that's half the battle. Yeah, yeah. If we can do that. But I was just going to say also, Ali, like I'm sure your listeners and every actor I've ever worked with, I think at some level, when I pose the question to them, they do know what I'm talking about. Now, it may take some time to take that inner knowing and then it kind of show up in a concrete way. But I, I think human beings... When we, when we see something or hear something or are touched or connected by somebody, I think it, it resonates with something we know inside. But again, I think the theme of what we're talking about is to like act upon that or to trust that. We don't have a school of trusting the inner self. We don't have a school that te- like it's beautiful that your daughter has you to help guide her. And, and I do think that that's what beautiful film and literature or whatever is, is you know, that's it is talking about those stories. You know, actually you might want to have your daughter watch Matilda. I don't know. You know, they just did a movie version on Netflix. I don't know why I prefer the classic one, but I know it's really just that when you said that I thought about it because I was like, Oh, it's all about a girl who's so different. And how does she embrace her differences and not like tamper that? So Mm -hmm. it might, it's really funny and sweet, but anyway, but I think that that's the beautiful thing about art. Art helps us reclaim those things that we don't often give voice to, or we think we're alone in, you know, mm. and you, you really believe that we're all artists. You really believe that? Oh, absolutely. Every one of us is an artist. Uh, yes. The accountant is an artist. The truck driver is an artist, you know? Yes, <laughs> but we, I know, but we, we, you know, because of necessity sometimes, you know, and also fear and also the conditions we're born into, you know, listen, I'm talking from a place of privilege, right? But like, 
But I do feel even within each person's circumstances, artistry is a way we look at the world. Artistry is the way we communicate uh, our curiosity or the way we see the world. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean you have to have a career at it or make money at it. It's just like, it can be your side hustle or it doesn't have to have anything to do with monetary. It's just about, um, you know, sometimes somebody could create a card and give it to me. And that has as much value as me seeing a TV show that's impacted me. It's really, I think we overthink what artistic expression is supposed to look like because it's become so transactional, but but, but I, of course, everybody's an artist, but also to listen to that is really hard. Or I'll also say yeah. this way, you know, I think a doctor, let's say, how, how a person engages with what they do is what is, what is what is artistic. So a doctor, let's say, who's always wanted to be a doctor, doesn't think of themselves as being an artist, but the way they, I don't know, cut somebody's body open to create life-saving surgery or their, their research or depending on what kind of, you know, science they're engaged in. I think that there is an art to, to everything. And I just think sometimes we forget that. Wow. And we have to try to honor that, you know? You've got such a, a, an empathetic approach to human, the humanity of people just listening to you i i feel i feel first of all energized and i feel that oh, well, so many people you. can resonate from this because this is stuff that we need to hear to understand that you know our inner self is not something that we should shut down and as you said i've been bounced around life left and right we all have our own level of bs but when we admit the fact that, you know, it's not something that we should shy away from, you know, again, personal circumstances, notwithstanding, some people have had traumatic experiences. Mm. But as a whole, what I'm hearing from you is the fact that, you know what, we need to cater to that tapestry of emotions that makes us, us, us. And um, again, personal question, but you are a very world renowned acting actors coach. But you know what, I remember that one time in high school, where I was part of a theater group, and I'm not tuning my own horn, but my, my, our, our, our theater director at the time, she was very encouraging. She was very supportive. Like, Odi, you got, you, you really got it. Like you have something in yeah, you. Like, I see you on the stage. Yeah. Stage. I, I, I see you. I see like, you know, you just naturally, I would grab a text and like the next week I would have it in my head. But what happened is that it was taking a lot away from, uh, from school. And being raised Haitian, traditional, very conservative. So my parents, it was just like doctor, lawyer, overachiever, school, course, school, school, engineer. School, school, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it really got in the way of school and my grades weren't doing so well. So they really put an ultimatum like, you know, it's school or nothing. Like, you know, forget this theater thing. And I've had, and I'm really talking about a huge 30-year chapter where I've seen a bunch of my friends who were in the group as well, who've done great things. Like some people became actors and screenwriters and stand-up comedians. And I'm here and I'm like... My question to you is this, had you been my acting coach and had my, had I come to you telling you that, okay, my parents want me to quit. What do you think I should do? I'm, I'm 14 years old and I really like this, but I'm scared. What would be, I'm asking for this because there are people listening to us right now yeah, yeah, young people. who want that guidance and who, who understand that they have that yearn for creativity, but they're also okay. But what, what do I do? They're torn again, the safety, yeah. the security, the comfort zone. Yeah. Can you relate to that? And are there words of guidance that we can send them? Well, I think the, the short answer, Jim Carrey said it, says it better than I do. He says, you know, you have to go all in because you can fail. You can also fail at your plan B. And he gives this, 
story about how his dad, I don't know, was some sort of an artist. I don't remember what kind or had, you know, showed this, uh, a skill towards some sort of art expression, but ended up not pursuing that and like did a, you know, like was an account or something and then discovered, well, that in his life, he, he failed at his plan B job. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and, and that wasn't even the job that he wanted to do. Right. And so I always have thought about that. And I think it's really powerful that, um, you know, if failing is a part of the journey, and I mean, that may be another subset that we can talk about, but I mm-hmm. think the point I think about moving in the direction of the thing that lights up our, our spirit and like makes our heart do that is you just keep moving in the direction of that. That doesn't also mean that you can't be an engineer. That also doesn't mean that you can't be a doctor. Nobody said that we have to, first of all, why do we always subscribe to the thing that we have to be one thing in life? We don't. Okay. Life is an always ascending, evolving thing. And, you know, I think when those who don't want to let go of the past are the ones that are left behind, you know, and we're seeing that in culture, right? And so I think for, I think my advice would be, well, don't quit your day job. If you can't afford it, then keep working at the Starbucks or keep doing your, you know, Wall Street job or whatever it is. And then you you start to take a, a writing class on the weekends or you take an acting class one night a week. It's really not as complicated as people make it. It's just not. There's enough time in the day. You you can you have to say no to some things in order to create space for something else. And then by moving forward and gathering information and skills, you'll start to discover, oh, okay, I'm I'm gonna move here. And that's kind of how it happens. I had a guy during COVID who I was privately coaching and he has a very successful real estate business and like here in, well, in San Diego. And I mean, he's very successful making a lot of money and he's always wanted to act. So I started coaching him and I mean, he, he just said, Tony, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to really focus on doing this. And post COVID he's been working quite a bit. And now I don't know if that means he's given up fully his real estate business. And also one doesn't have to give up anything. Why can't we do it all? Why can't you be a podcaster and a creator and a teacher and a lover? (laughs) We can do it all. This is true. So that's what I would advocate. And then just keep keep your parents happy until you turn 18 and then decide for yourself. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Because eventually you realize that your parents don't have it all figured out. They don't. Cheat code, guys. Your parents don't. They mean well. They mean well, but they don't have it all figured out. And also, Ali, I think the thing for everybody to remember is our parents ultimately – they just want what's best for us. And they're trying to spare us the pain and the spoils of, yeah. you know, a, a life that may lead to heartache and pain, but it's not theirs to do for us. Your, again, your journey is your journey. And it is, I think, part of our destiny or part of our path or what's fated for us is to learn by walking that path. You know, like I, I really am grateful that my parents, you know, I guess as a teacher myself, I don't try to give people advice because people don't listen anyway. <laughs> and so I was like, well, Ain't that the to, truth. that's the truth. You <laughs> have to go learn it and do it on your own, you know, and then I'll be like, I told you so. I told you so. <laughs> right, go figure it out. Go knock your head off. But, you know, seriously, but I believe that's also part of growth because you have to knock your ass at some yeah, point, you do. You have to learn your lessons. Those are your lessons. That's that's the life lesson, I think. You have so, to figure it out at some but point. But I, I think it serves no one. I think the takeaway is remembering you don't you don't have to uh, 
chart a whole new course. Like courses can merge and like bisect and move parallel in a direction. They don't, it doesn't have to be, be a science is here and art is here or being a pilot is here and being a writer is here. They don't, they, they all coexist if you allow them to. Wow. And, you know, you talked a lot about, you know, not, it's, it's perfectly okay to venture you know, just try new things. And you said, why can't we do it all? And that's a part of the book, uh, both in the middle and at the end, where you talked about the separation that we need to make between the journey and the destination. I know you're really big about that. Oh, yeah. And I'm we're really so uber focused that. on the destination. It's after reading it like, you know, two or three times. Like, oh, okay. And I love the way you put it because I know that's not a typo. There is no destination. There are only <clears throat> journeys. And so what you're saying is that explore, wander. That's right. Be curious, try shit out. And because we're so focused on, okay, when I make a million dollars, that's when I'm happy. When I'm going to have the picket fences and two kids, that's when I'm going to be happy. When I'm going to have the Range Rover, secret dream. When I have the Range Rover, I'm going to be happy. But you're saying that, no, that's, no, you're missing the point. Well, that's been, you know, it's not science because it's been proven. Happiness is not in things. So I think everybody who's listening, we have to decide to be happy today with what we have, what we don't have, where we are, where we're not, you know, stop comparing and despairing. And from there we move forward. And knowing that I, I'm always saying, I want everybody to get everything they want. The, you know, the house with the white picket fence and your hopefully EV Range Rover. And like, you know what I mean? I want to get married, have kids, whatever, a house in Malibu, however, comma, Again, realizing like the achievement of that thing, once you get there, you're going to be like, oh, okay, this is nice, but now what? And to think that the, the, the reaching somewhere means that it's the cessation or the stopping of our ongoing journeying is what I think causes a lot of depression, anxiety, uh, really unhappiness, right? Because the truth is, is, who I am today is not who I was yesterday and is not who I was 20 years ago. And if I would have based my life on having the things that I have now without this understanding that, well, it's, I'm still, it's still unfolding. I don't know. It would be, I would be really miserable. And again, I think we are always taught to like our life begins when we get X, you know, there's a, a science um, it's called, I think the happiness set point. Mm-hmm. And it's really valuable. And basically like that, obviously we, we go for things in life. I'm going to just paraphrase it my own way. We go for things in life and we achieve them. But what we end up discovering is that people's happiness set point, it's a literal like thing mm-hmm. generally. So let's say I get a million dollars or I get my house in Malibu and I'm super excited for the next year, six months. But after that time, things start to kind of fall back to my kind of set set homeostasis set point so again we know we know scientifically socio uh, emotionally that that happiness isn't in things it's not in things right it's in us it's in connection it's in people it's in service right so if we could just change that then when you get those things i don't know i think your happiness set point would probably be raising higher so I think that's important. I I was just going to say too, the thing about journeying and I was so blown away by this book that I read during COVID. It's all about our Neanderthal cousins. I was so obsessed with Neanderthals. And then when I, I, I've done 23 and me years ago, 
Uh-huh. And so weirdly enough, while I was reading this book, it was all about Neanderthals. We have it all wrong. They were actually, they weren't brutes. They weren't Neanderthals. You know, they were actually sophisticated and smart and artistic. I mean, they did cave paintings, the original artists, you know, thousands of years ago, hundreds of thousands of years ago. But anyway, um, and, you know, and then Homo sapiens killed them. I mean, like, they're all gone because of us. But, but so I was like, oh. I'm obsessed. Maybe I'm, was I like, was I, you know, early Neanderthal man? And then I looked up on my 23 and me and I had some people have more Neanderthal in them than others. Everybody has like almost 2%, but I had mm-hmm. a little bit more. No. So I was like, oh, this makes sense. This is why I'm so obsessed. But the point, this is the last point I want to make about this, Ali, is when I was reading that book, I was so overcome with the imagery of like, oh, wow, early Neanderthals, late Neanderthals, early man. They, there was no freaking destination. They moved by their heart, by seasons, by animals, by migration, by food, by they moved by the sun and they moved because moving was a way of life. It was a way of being. It was survival. Mm-hmm. Even when we think that, oh, they hung out in caves, they only hung out in caves temporarily and then they moved on. Mm-hmm. And I think this idea that once we get to this fixed state is it, it's not what we are supposed to be doing as human beings, which is why then I get so disturbed about migration and about xenophobia and about anti-immigration mm-hmm. and also in relation to climate change, because mm-hmm. we are citizenry on the move and it's going to continue more and more. So you and I might also become climate refugees. Everybody listening might become the people that America, certain segments of America wants mm-hmm. to turn, you know, block out and yeah. shut the door from. And mm-hmm. I think we have to be very, very careful because Human beings have always migrated. We've always migrated. We've never and stayed it, in one place. It's a human. It's a human right, and and to block that from people is is a great human injustice. And I'm really passionate about that. And I think it's something that we have to keep remembering that you and I will move. You have to. We will you keep moving because as because you know what just fine you're big on documentaries and so am i and i love the bbc series planet earth anything that david attenborough does i just like binge whatsoever yeah, yeah. but anything rel- relative to nature because nature gives you clues nature gives you clues everywhere and just watch how nature moves whether in the animals and ask yourself like wait a second there's no lawnmower in the forest like what do you like what That's right. what do you there are doing? no boundaries there are no there are these boundaries. great migrations. They don't know Kenya from Tanzania to just like, yeah, just from Seattle move. to, yeah, you know it's, they're moving. That's and right. They don't know. They do it. They migrate. They have yeah. to. They migrate. They look for their food. It's they in go their hibernate. System, they go right? reproduce. It's genetic. It's yeah, cyclical, yeah, yeah. whether it's monarch butterflies, whether yeah. it's geese, it's That's a natural right. circle. But no, hey, you know what? I'm just going to anchor myself here because I built this box where I park a bunch of stuff and I watch Netflix. But no, we are supposed to understand that, you know what, at our core, we are part of this entire fabric that's called nature and we need to respect it. That's right. And it's, it's, it's something that we take for granted. Unfortunately, I'm not, we don't want to get all, all geography and like, you know, just, uh, just doomsday, doomsday scenario, but it is very real and things are happening right now. I'm just, just in Canada right now, because we're in Montreal, the, the winter has been weird. 
you know, some days are really, really sunny and then some days are really, really cold. And and for for February, it's weird and we're all seeing it. You know, sometimes we have the pluses and then we the really low minuses. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, this is uh, it's it's happening. Yeah. It's just, well, we just is... had some catastrophic flooding here in California. You know, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Even here in L.A. I mean, obviously in Northern California and Central California, I mean, it was a disaster. I think we think of climate change as a future event, but it and it is. It's only going to this is as good as it gets, you guys. This Mm -hmm. is literally as good as it gets. But it's also happening now. So I think, you know, I don't know if I got flooded over and over again, I would think about moving, migrating. Yeah. So I, I do love what you said about nature because we sometimes as human beings, we, we separate ourselves from nature to our peril and to the peril of, you know, our future, but we are as much a part of those migratory patterns as, as the geese you were talking about. And for some reason, I think, we just want to, we just want to neglect them. And for some reason, as if we're not involved, well, we're not connected to that part of us anymore. There's, there's a disconnect from nature. So we don't hear what that might mean in terms of, I'm not asking people to just go on a migratory journey for the sake of it. I'm, but, but, but to tap into that and what that means and, you know, our bodies have cycles Our I, I think there's rhythms and flows that we just do not, we are not connected to. Wow. My gosh. So, 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 so it's like, my God, this guy is a wealth of knowledge. Well, I don't know about that, but I mean, you know, you ask my friends, they're all like, you need to practice what you preach. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. Don't say that. Don't say that. But I do have a question for you, though, because I know it's something that you're really an avid fan of. And uh, what's your swimming routine like? Because you swim a lot. I do swim a lot. Plus, I I just had a birthday, and plus it was the holiday, so I've been eating a lot of bad, like, cakes and sweets. But I do try to swim a lot because I just turned 55. You don't look 55. (laughs) You really don't look 55. I mean, I think that's meditation and genetics, and I got genes. My parents are are 88, and they're rocking it. They do not look 88. They look like they're in their, you know, late 60s. But anyway, swimming, you know. Just moving your body in some form is the way to do it. Again, I think speaking of this migratory thing, I think there's a lot of science about walking and moving and, you know, the health benefits. I think the psychological benefits. We are not supposed to be Netflixing and chilling all the time. No, no. I'm really really big on that. And the reason I was asking, because that every passion uh, takes some form of discipline. Of course, kudos if you have to add the fact that it's pleasure. But I believe, yeah. you know, discipline trumps motivation any day. And it just as you said, just getting up and going out for a walk is is horrendous for some people. And you talk also a lot about the fact that, you know what, you can only do by doing. You know, the people who have their art, their art in the art galleries aren't smarter than you. They're just, you know, busy making art, Dude, not on Instagram right. scrolling. And I was wondering if you could just bring it home for a couple of people who think that for some reason, oh, the fact that Anthony is just like the director of so many schools all over the world and teaching so many classes with all the accolades. And no. Uh, I do it because I care and I do it because I give a damn, but I also do it because I put in the work, you know, there is the elbow grease. And I bring this message a lot in back of my uh, interviews because there's this common fabric at the root of anyone's journey, call it success, call it achievement, whatever you want that people neglect. And that's, they see, they, they see the achievement, but they don't, they always neglect all the gunk and the muck that you had to crawl through to get here, you know? And that's something that I don't want to leave out. 
but I'm sure you've experienced that time and time again. Well, I mean, you just said it better than I could. I mean, that's the truth, right? Like I think what's the, if, if you think about an iceberg, you see one third of it is above the water and the other two thirds is underneath. Yes. And if we use that as a metaphor, when you see an accomplishment of somebody, you're only seeing that part, the part that's heralded and like, yes. Or I would say like we see in, in the acting world, we see everybody's opening night, but we don't see the rehearsal, you know? And so, but, but the rehearsal process is most of it. And then you see the glamor of the red carpet, but, but, but it is, takes a tremendous amount of energy. And I think that's where people give up. And also they give up because on the way of toward getting something, you're going to fail. You're going to be told no a lot, no matter what business you're in. And listen, I'm in one of the hardest businesses in terms of people reject you for all kinds of reasons that have nothing to do with talent or ideas. And you just have to keep moving forward. But I think that's across all you know, it just, it's it, it, across all fields, people are going to be met with no's, but every no you get is get is closer to a yes, because I know that's cliche, but that be, means you're putting yourself out there. You're, you're going to a, a, a small store and you're like, Hey, can you show my artwork? And they're like, no, we don't do that. Or can you put this artwork here? My sculpture is on consignment. No, we don't really do, but you just keep going. And then eventually somebody gets it. You just can't, and and sometimes those are failures, but they're they they're so constructed that they're they're embedded in the achievement that comes later on, and so everything is, I think, purposeful. But if you give up, all bets are off. You just can't give up. You cannot give up. You can't give up. You just can't, can't give, give up. up. You just have to keep moving forward, and it can change. You can doesn't mean like you have to keep you know hitting your head up against the wall the same way. You can go off on detours. That may also be part of That's your path. Out. Of course it's allowed. I mean, listen, I'm a Capricorn and a Capricorn, they are, if they have, I always like to joke, like Capricorns, if they have like an easy path full of monarch butterflies and daisies and like, you know, chocolate bonbons and waterfalls and unicorns. And then they have this other path. It says detour and it's like, you know, or no, it's not even a detour. It's a longer path and it's full of crocodiles and scorpions. And like, we need these, these creatures, but, but mm -hmm. for right now, for my reference, you know, like you know, cobras and pit vipers. Oh, we're going to take that way. Cause it's a lot harder. You know what I mean? Wow. So, so uh, yeah, you just got to keep going right that way. But you can't give up. You can't give up. That's a common thread. Up. That's a common thread. And you bring it back in a lot, a lot of the content you give to people. And you know what? Because that's so true. It's it's not about being woo woo, but what's the what's going to happen if you stay in one place? What's going to happen? Nothing. No, nothing. 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 Yeah. If we stay in one place, you're you're not going to do anything. But you say you want that next level. You want that next chapter. You want that career. You want that role. You know, you want the director to actually, you know, grab your script. You want that promotion. You want that girl that you want to ask out. But you have to, you know, you have to. You just have to. Believe it or not, but you have to. What's going what's gonna happen? You just have to. I remember when we were trying to have a baby, my wife and I, in the beginning of our marriage. We tried two years, and some people go through ten, yeah. but you have to. You, have you to. know, it's yeah. tiring, it's taxing, it's mind-numbing sometimes. It's just like, do we have yes, we do. Yeah. Yes, we do. Yeah. And even this podcast is a is a great example. A lot of people, like last year, I've to, I've told this like in my end of year special, like guys, sometimes I, I hit a wall where I'm like why the hell do I do this to myself? Like, why? Why? And some part of me, some spark inside of me, like, Ali, let's get back into this. Like, yeah, yes, it's, we got it. Really? Yes, we have to, let, let's do this again. And 
look at me. I'm smiling from ear to ear. And you know what? It's this too shall pass. This too shall pass. And and also, Ali, for all the listeners, like just that you think those things doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. You know, I was just listening to this podcast or not a podcast. It was a uh, this program here in L.A. But uh, they were interviewing it's about the business, but they were interviewing James Cameron, the filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And about Avatar. And it's like the highest grossing movie of last year now and this year, I guess, whatever. But he was saying how he he wanted to quit because he he, you know, he on his his side job is to take these machines, these underwater vessels and do mm-hmm. ocean floor exploration. And he said, you know, wow. I love the science and the precision and the um, the physics of something that's like it's not open to opinion. It's just fact. It's and fact. he said the business has really sometimes really gets me down because I have to listen to some dumbass's opinion. I love that he mm-hmm. said that. But but I guess hearing James Cameron, who has had the highest grossing I don't know, three or four or five of the highest grossing movies in Hollywood history, even he was saying how he's wanted to quit is a great reminder. And then, and then he said, well, he pushed on with Avatar because he realized like there was a greater reason for him to do it, which is to explore nature and awakening people's awareness of it and indigenous rights and giving land back to, you know, indigenous people so that they can govern the land in a holistic way. And so he saw a, a greater purpose for creating it. So we have to do whatever we have to do to keep moving forward. But, but to have those doubts or wanting to quit doesn't mean that we lack a, a creative gene. That's important to remember. Wow. Yeah. The why, the North Star. Yeah. The North you just, Star. You'll the find why. a different reason why, maybe. Yeah. The why. It has to, again, guys, listen to this, because your why will see you through. You have to remember why you're doing this. And, and it, it may change. Going. It may, it may change. change. Let it change. Let, Let it, it change. change. Yeah. Let it change. We have to be malleable. Yeah. Wow. We are coming up on top of the hour. I know you're yeah, a super busy guy. Yeah. I am. I'm not going to abuse of your time. You've been so generous and so thoughtful and so, so generous. Again, Tony, I can't say anything else. I'm it's so glad been we met. an amazing, an amazing exchange. Um, we do have a running tradition on the program, but before I do that, okay. I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you uh, in so many words, in so many ways uh, for being so, so, such a source of truth uh, for your service, for your genuine, genuine audacity to just live life and share these experiences, good, bad, and in between, uh, not just with your students, but with the world. Um, I, I I can't I I don't know how the universe got us together lunch club but still there's there I don't believe in randomness things happen for a reason whatever that reason may be totally escapes me but you are a real one and I want to acknowledge oh. you and your greatness for 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 stepping into this light and thanks, sharing it with us and thank uh, you so much privilege and an honor to have you on thanks for having me on I I love talking to you thank you shameless plugging time uh <laughs> work if the interwebs uh, want to connect with you if the listener wants to connect with you of course with anthonymindel.com but yes. any particular places we can direct them to yeah i mean i think if you want to if you have questions you can always find me on instagram as well i use that i have a twitter account but i stay off of twitter now especially because it's gone crazy yeah but uh on instagram at at Anthony Mindel, my name. And yes, you can find out more information about our schools everywhere and my books by going to anthonymindel.com or all my books are on Amazon, depending on what kind of creative you are. And mm-hmm. my latest book, Unstuck, 
is yeah is available everywhere so hopefully you're going to get it get and the book get unstuck, unstuck. <laughs> and please let me know what you think about it i always love to hear from people who are reading love it. it and love yeah. it love it love it love it the final the final trend tradition we have is okay. what i call the next step what i so what i'm thinking about it is that someone listening to us even one person if they can take one song lyric a favorite book, a favorite quote, mantra, personal habit, just waking up tomorrow, using this as a next step towards their next level. Is there anything you can leave a listener with? Oh, gosh. As you were saying that, I started to have a panic attack. Don't panic. <laughs> don't panic. Don't panic. <laughs> yeah, don't panic maybe is my answer because it's all going to work out. It's all going to work out. Wow. It does. It all kind of works out. If you look it at does, your life, it? it does. Even if it's you're in the shitter, it does kind of find a way of working out. I think Steve Harvey said it like you've survived 100% of your worst days that you thought you weren't going to get through, but still you're here. You know? Beautiful. So, so you don't panic. <laughs> Man, Tony, you are. Uh, oh, thanks, Holly. Uh, I love you, brother. Thank you, you so much. You are an amazing gent. Thank I you want to so come visit you in Montreal. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Open door. Open okay. invite. Okay. Stay blessed. <laughs> Au revoir. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca, where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review, as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. We always appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.